Hello and welcome back to another episode of Technical Talk. In this episode, we'll evaluate that Hawks and Jazz game that we saw last night. Break down why Kyrie Irving has requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets and update the LeBron tracker as he closes in on breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record. All that after the intro. Welcome back to Technical Talk. You're out of your mind. There is no way that LeBron will ever be Jordan. Nobody will ever be Jordan, okay? Okay, LeBron's a better rebounder and passer. Will you let me finish? Can you, can you let me finish? Call me when LeBron has six championships. Is that your only argument? It's the only argument I need, Sean! All right, now that we're all settled in, let's get right into it. The Atlanta Hawks visited the Utah Jazz last night, and this was a battle of two top ten scoring teams in the NBA. Let's catch you up on the Atlanta Hawks season so far. They carry in a 500 record at 26 wins and 26 losses coming into Friday night's game. They're currently ninth in points per game in the NBA overall at about 116 and a half. The Hawks on the road against the West, 5-5 five and five record. They have the highest points per game versus the West on the road in the NBA at 123.6 points per game. The first in field goal percentage in the NBA on the road versus the West at 49.7%. So why are they 5-5, five and five, you might ask? All of their games have been defensive nightmares despite great singular player performances. For example, in their double overtime loss against the Warriors on January 2nd, Trey Young had 30 points and 14 assists, but the game was ultimately lost by a Kevon Looney tip-in as time expired. So many of these losses for them along the way have been like this. But to their credit, they've managed to tread the water and remain the 8th seed in the Eastern Conference. Speaking of defense, the Hawks ranked 24th in the NBA in defensive rating at 115. They also ranked 26th in defensive rebounding percentage. A glimpse at the advanced stats, they do play relatively fast as they rank 10th in the NBA in pace at about 101 possessions a game. Player in note lately has been Deontay Murray against the West, specifically on the road. He's been a defensive nightmare for opposing defenses as he's averaged 25.4 points per game to pair with five rebounds and five assists. Jumping right into the Utah Jazz's season catch-up, you have kind of a similar situation going on. The Jazz currently are 27 and 26. That is good enough for 8th in the Western Conference. Uh, They're 4th in the NBA in points per game at 117.8. The Jazz at home carried a great record going into Friday night with a home record of 18 wins and 9 losses. They also have the 4th most points per game at home in the NBA at 119.9, but uh, for simple sake, we'll call it 120. The Utah Jazz at home against the East. They average 118.2 points per game at home versus the Eastern Conference, but they're only 6-6 overall coming into Friday. Defensive stats at home. The Jazz rank 26 in the NBA and defensive rating 115.4. Key weakness has been the paint, as they allow the third most points in the paint at home against the East at 55.7. They also don't perform relatively well in fast break scenarios, as they allow the most in the NBA at 19.7 per 100 possessions. They love to shoot the three, though. They're third in the NBA in the percent of field goals attempted that are three-pointers at 45.8%. 
Their player of note lately has been Laurie Markkinen. He's a strong candidate this year for most approved player. And he just got an all-star nod as a reserve, averaging a double-double at home against the East this year at 23 points and 10 rebounds. All right, with all the catch-up out of the way, let's get you to the game summary. In this basketball game, Utah's field goal struggles, uh, especially from deep, really bit them overall as they just couldn't seem to take the lid off of the basket. Uh, They shot 13 of 44 from three, which only equates to 29%. And, you know, for a team that shoots nearly 43s a game on average a night, on a night like this, you know, when they don't drop, it hurts. Uh, This caused the Hawks to jump out to their 22-point lead, and they never really looked back. Another thing was Atlanta's paint point advantage. Uh, They scored 56 points in the paint, and when you pair that with poor shooting from the Utah Jazz, it spells a disaster, as they just didn't really have a chance on the inside, and it seemed like every other bucket was a drive by a guard for a layup or a floater or a pass down to a big for either an and one or just a straight-up dunker layup. Uh, The Jazz played an interesting lineup during this game that I wanted to evaluate. Uh, That lineup was Kelly Olenek, Jordan Clarkson, Walker Kessler, Mike Connelly, and Laurie Markkinen, and... 10 games played, this lineup produces an average of 14.6 points per 100 possessions and has an interest in defensive rebounding percentage of only 63.3% overall. Um, Well, this lineup, I mean, it, it can provide a spark for the Jazz against teams like Atlanta, which has significant position advantages and in some situations, size advantages, it just doesn't bode well, um, especially when you have other lineups like Conley, Clarkson, Beasley, Markkinen, and Kessler, which is able to rebound at a higher rate and just seemingly perform defensively a little bit better overall and offensively. So all that uh, led to a final of 115 to 108 with the Atlanta Hawks winning. Player of the game was Trey Young as he had 27 points and six assists. And hey, you you have to look out for the Hawks. I mean, when they play like this, and they're winners of their last three road games out of four. Uh, they can be dangerous in that Eastern Conference when they can get it together like this. And you know, it's just good to see. Uh, all right, let's get to a little Kyrie talk. Uh, it was reported that Kyrie has formally requested a trade out of Brooklyn. Uh, there are a lot of questions around this. Uh, just going to try to answer a few, and then we'll break out some potential suitors. Uh, first and foremost, why does Kyrie went out of Brooklyn? Really, the reason is simple. The Nets and Kyrie are on opposite sides when it comes to his long-term contract talks that they have been engaging in. Uh, For the Nets, you know, to me, this is a similar situation to the Kyle Kuzman, Washington situation. You have a guy who doesn't necessarily want to resign, excuse my dog, with an organization. And, you know, it may ultimately be lost for essentially nothing, you know, which makes these situations vital for future team success. Uh, You know, some possible suitors and trade destinations as the deadline looms. Uh, next Thursday, February 9th, is the trade deadline. You have teams like the Lakers, 
the Suns and the Mavericks. You know, for the Lakers, uh, they enter the situation in an obvious state. And it poses an obvious question. Are they willing to sacrifice their future in the post-LeBron James years now to contend for a title? Uh, you know, it comes as no doubt to anyone that a big three with Kyrie, LeBron, and AD would be an offensive exp- exhibition every night. Uh, but for Rob Polinka, you know, are you willing to uh, satisfy, satisfy your stars? Or are you going to err in the side of my future is more important? I have to protect this 27th first round pick and this 29th first round pick. Um, and, you know. Dumping Russell Westbrook off your roster, which you've been looking to do all season, is a plus. Uh, possible trade to explore. Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, uh, head to Los Angeles for Russell Westbrook, Lonnie Walker, Wendon Gabriel, and then one of those, or if not both of those first-round picks. I was just messing around with the trade machine. Uh, that's possible, but not likely. Uh, for the Suns, moving on. The Suns to this point in the season have really been marred by injuries to their core. And, you know, Devin Booker's still out for them at this current uh, moment. A Kyrie Irving trade would help the Suns in a tremendous way and also relieve them of uh, Chris Paul in lieu of Kyrie Irving, most likely. Uh, the Nets may gain the services of Jay Crowder. Uh, the Suns would vault themselves into uh, what I believe would be a forefront position in this Western Conference. Uh, and finally, the Mavericks, you know. This is my favorite of all the destinations that are possible for Kyrie Irving. Um, after what I, and many saw as a failure with the Jalen Brunson situation last season, which was really highlighted by his current season contribution to the Knicks' success overall, uh, as they sit 28th and 28-25, and uh, 7th in the East, uh, would no doubt be an upgrade. Uh, I mean, in the West, excuse me. Uh, sorry, in the East, I'm talking Jalen Brunson. Um, you know, it, for the Mavericks, it would no doubt be an upgrade as Kyrie would take a load off of Luka. Uh, the salaries work out when done in the trade machine uh, and a deal that would send Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dwight Powell uh, to Brooklyn uh, in exchange for Kyrie Irving gives the Nets that size that they're looking for behind Nick Claxton and also gives them a stronger scoring boost at shooting guard or small forward next to Kevin Durant without sacrificing size as they would just probably move him over to power forward where he's been playing. Um, as for the Mavericks, you know, Jason Kidd would then have a true superstar next to Luka Doncic and the Mavericks can make noise in the Western Conference. Um, finally, I want to just talk about what this would mean for the Nets and KD, in my opinion. Uh, we understand and remember that this is not the first time this season that one of these two stars in Brooklyn has requested a trade out of town, as Kevin Durant requested a trade before the season began. Uh, the Nets did not pay attention to that request. Uh, but, you know, this almost definitely closes the window for Brooklyn uh, when it comes to these two. Barring a magical finals run or a championship, really, with two stars unhappy and wanting to leave. We'll see what the Nets front office decides to do with Kyrie and uh, try to make things more enticing for Kevin Durant to stay. And for our last segment today, we'll get to our LeBron tracker. LeBron, as of today, Saturday, 
at the time of recording. He comes in 63 points off the all-time NBA scoring record as the Lakers continue one of their longest road trips of the year. An estimate for when LeBron can break the record. In his last five games, he's averaged essentially 31.6 points per game, which, you know, if he produces that moving forward, it basically puts him at the record on Tuesday night, sometime most likely after halftime against the Thunder. Uh, The most anticipated scenario for me and a lot of other people would be the following Thursday night at home against the Bucks. and, of course, the team that drafted Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Kareem would be in, in attendance there, and that would just be such a special moment. Um, I, you have to think that the Lakers know this and LeBron knows this, and you might see some easing back, air quote, that uh, in his stats and you know maybe even a little <clears throat> load management. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the Lakers take on the Pelicans tonight at 6 Eastern. Uh, should be an interesting game. But that's going to do it for me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Technical Talk. And enjoy.